Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hello, everyone. My name is Paul Hewitt. I'm the chairman and chief executive officer of Corora Resources. Uh, we're a gold company based here in Western Australia. Um, produced about 99,000 ounces last year. Paul, good to see you. It's been far too long. How are you? How is Australia? Hey, Matt. Um, it's good to see you as well. Uh, Australia has been, um, it's been very interesting, actually. I'm very happy to be here, happy to be with the team. Uh, Weather-wise, it's been uh, a lot of interesting days. We had probably the wettest July in history here. Uh, the house that we were renting flooded. So um, uh, I didn't expect to come to Australia move into a house with my wife and children and then have the house flood, but so be it, that's what happened in the wettest month. Uh, but more importantly, it created some issues for the mine, uh, which I'm happy to say one more time, that team of ours led through Graham Sloan and our strong GMs managed to overcome those bad weather days. So as I was moving out of the house, uh, we kept moving the rocks into the mill at the mine. Good man, good man. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to hear that, that's quite disruptive. You, you, yeah, you, I'm not sure I believe you, but your empathy is uh, <laughs> coming through loud and clear. Hey, hey if you can if you can fake sincerity, you can fake anything, eh? Um, let's 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 talk about you and how how, how business is. First of all, so you talked about you know something that obviously flooding. For last year, we talked about flooding and fires. So I guess that's an improvement. Um, COVID impacts on operations. How are they? Because we've heard about costs going up, difficulty getting staff in and out. How's it affected you? Yeah, look, Matt. It's, it's something that's on our radar all the time. Uh, once again, I think we, we, we led the junior markets for sure. We actually made sure that we brought a doctor on site and um, we got a lot of our vaccine shots to our employees. So we're not sheltered from it, like you know. Uh, we've struggled like every other group here trying to get the right people um, and we're competing with everyone else with it. Um, but the truth is, um, despite the challenges from COVID, we've managed to overcome and, and deliver that, you know, that second quarter was the greatest quarter in the company's history. And we had some bad days with rain. Uh, look, the other day we had the mill down four days and nobody who has a plant likes to say their mill was down. So we took advantage of it and did some, we accelerated some plant maintenance. It was all because one person flew in the Perth airport alongside our people. And we had to quarantine all our people. Uh, by the time we got the results back and had the doctors in there, you know, you're talking four days. So that's it's a meaningful impact, but I, I do want, I don't want to make people worried that it's going to impact production because once again, we're, we're going to deliver. Um, we, we actually accelerated some planned maintenance. that was due the, the following quarter, but, we're certainly not sheltered from the COVID situation, the shortage of workforce. Um, we, we feel it as well as everyone else. We're doing everything we can to attract and retain um, some really talented people. And companies come a long way from where you and I met, Matt. Uh, two years ago, I remember you and I meeting and, uh, you know, we, we were struggling. The balance sheet was, was really thin at the time. Um, we were struggling to pay vendors at the time. Let's face it, if we look back two years ago, we were not the company of choice in Western Australia. Um, you know, we had a big presence in Canada with our Dumont asset. Uh, there was almost a feeling in Australia that 
uh, we weren't very loved here. It was a Canadian company. We're still a Canadian company, but myself moving here sure sends a message to the people here on the ground how committed the board is. We are to the success of making sure we deliver in Australia. So a long way to answer your question now is COVID. Um, we're not sheltered from it, uh, but like everything else, we've managed to, to overcome it so far. And I pray that um, we don't have any big outbreaks. Uh, and and I, I hope that for every other company as well. I don't like to see any one of us, any of us fail uh, because of COVID. So I hope and pray that all the other companies along with us are, are able to overcome this together. But are you seeing prices going up as a result? You know, in terms of you know how much is costing for stuff, how much, how the delays in materials coming to site, et cetera. So some commodities are coming up. There's no doubt about it. Where we're seeing some of the price increases is actually labor. Um, in order to compete with uh, other companies, Matt, uh, we've got to increase salaries and make sure our comp our total compensation is in line. Uh, equal to others. So uh, all of us are having to increase these things and they're not a one-off situation. You're going to, you know, we're going to re-inherit these. We're going to keep them for a long time. That's why attracting the right people and keeping the right people, we don't mind paying for them, but we're seeing some price increases on commodities like rock bolts, um, explosives. We've seen prices come up, nothing through the roof. Diesel prices have come up. Um, so all of it, has a negative impact on us, uh, but we're still able to deliver that guidance that we we are expecting. You know, last quarter we were just under a thousand dollars an ounce, all in sustaining costs. So I'm I'm quite proud of the team here on the ground, focused on on making sure we keep those costs. In line. Okay, so there, there costs, costs around guidance. Um, right, I want to talk to you today about exploration. I want to talk to you about your uh, zero carbon initiative as well. Um, obviously, you know, we, we, we've seen a few high grade drill results. So I do want to focus on specifically on, on some of those things. But it, take me back a bit, because I, I spoke to Oliver last time out. I didn't get to speak to you. I've spoken to you since you put your guidance out. So it might be worth just going over some of those numbers. Uh, and also, press which you put out about adjusted earnings and adjusted EBITDA. I'm not sure people understood the importance of that and maybe worth uh, discussing that. So let, let's start with the guidance numbers that you put out for, for uh, you know, yeah. uh, recently. Matt, let, let's, let's do me a, a, a 10 second favor here. Let's put that in the parking lot for 10 seconds. And let me just talk about that one press release about the net zero. Because I, I think it's really important to, that, uh, that I'm out there explaining the board's message, our vision. Look, I started mining in 1987. Uh, when I think back on my career 30 years ago, and I fast forward today, and I think what I thought 30 years ago, that I would be working for a company that would disclose that it would be net neutral in, in greenhouse gases and carbon emissions. I'll tell you, 30 years ago, it wasn't on my radar as a young miner. But truthfully, I would have thought, hmm. You know, who knows what the future holds, but I wouldn't have expected in my career, in my lifetime, that I could be working with an organization, with a company, with a board that is so focused on making sure we do this and we do our part. Look, the world is going to require metals in the future and the mining is going to have to play its part. We just put out that we're net neutral for 2021 on, on carbon emissions um, through all the efforts we've done, we've engaged that net zero company. Uh, we've bought back some uh, 
uh, reforestation stuff here in Australia from the bushfires that occurred here. So look, that 80,000 tons that we emit, we were able to make that net neutral this year. Thinking back in my own career, in, in my lifetime, I would never have expected that we would have been able to disclose that. And it is something that's really important to us. And it's a step in the wheel. It's part of a bigger process. This is the first step here. And it's, it's a, a meaningful and significant step. It, our long-term vision is to become net neutral by all our own stuff with uh, renewable energy, uh, electric vehicles, and everything that we're going to do. So we've certainly committed and taken the right first step. And I, I got to tell you, right from the board, the entire board, the vision is very clear. There's no, there's no mistaking that this is something that matters. Uh, we are a junior gold company, but it's something that's important to us. It's important to the people we work with. It's important to our employees. I have had so many people contact me. I've had more people contact me about this internally saying, hey, I'm so proud to work for a company that is net neutral. Thank you very much. My kids are very happy. So I did not even expect to get this type of response from our workforce. So um, I'll, we can dive into the operation, but I think it's really important to really emphasize that, look, this is a big step for us. And it's one that demonstrates our commitment. Um, and, and we're not wavering on this. We're not we're not teeter-tottering. We're, we're very committed to this. Okay, look, I, I think that's brilliant. And we're going to see lots of companies hopefully joining the bandwagon and and talking this sort of language. It's essential that the mining industry, you know, sorts itself out. It really does need to step up its games. You, you, you've made a first step towards that. And I think that's fantastic. But your shareholders are also going to be worried about one other thing. Are you making money? Can you drive that share price? Okay, let, let's so, so, so I'll bring it back to sort of the day-to-day -day concerns of shareholders. Have you fundamentally changed this business, put it in a position to be able to make money and therefore presumably drive that share price? So what have you done? Yeah, look, so I think the numbers speak for themselves. Um, you, you talked about it last, last quarter, I, Q2, we announced a 10 cent, uh, earnings, it was an adjusted earnings. And then our EBITDA was 20 cents per share. Uh, our all in sustaining cost was 9.96 an ounce here. We continue to add dollars to the balance sheet. More important, you know, people ask me, why didn't you pay off the debt, Paul? What are you doing? Why aren't you putting more money on the NCID? Um, you know, we have a growth plan to double our production. We're going to go from 99,000 to a range of 180 to 200,000. It's fully self-funded. That, that's an important, important step in this company. Every dollar we spend is accretive. You've seen those press releases. And, and look, I hope we get to dive into them today. I hope we get some time to talk about some of this drilling success. We've been uh, drilling with four to six drills so far this year. On average, in 2021, uh, we've had four to six drills. Now, in the next four months, we're planning to get over 10 drills and 11 drills. So just think about scale here for size here. Four to six drills from now, January to September, we're looking to add uh, another four to six drills on top of what we're doing. Every dollar we spend in the ground is accretive for our shareholders. All the steps we've done, you know, uh, you think back where we were two years ago, our warrants um, two years ago, you and I had just talked about uh, raising money. The company had raised $18 million. 
Um, and happy that all those people enjoyed that warrant. It's expiring tomorrow. Um, those warrant holders, everybody who participated in that financing, and thank you for that. Thank you for your support. We appreciate it. They've done quite well. And the warrants are expiring tomorrow. Um, there'll be a thing behind us. And they were well into the money. So um, your question about what are we doing? Like, there's so many steps that we're doing uh, uh, on adding value. I could go back and say, look, just think back to the mill. The mill was very accretive. How could you not have a mill? There was no mill two years ago. You know, you think about a company that was a gold company that was toll milling that had this really great coarse gold. It's, it's all fine and dandy. Um, but if you got nowhere to treat that mill, that ore, you're, you're out of luck here. Shareholders, I'm big and I listen to my kids. I have seven kids and I'm protecting everything I can as a CEO role and chairman role to protect the environment for them. But at the end of the day, I still got to make money for my shareholders. My shareholders are going to insist on it. They're going to say, yes, you do have to play your part in ESG. Yes, Paul, you, you do have to play your part in net zero. However, you're not Tesla. You cannot afford to lose money quarter after quarter or, or any other company for that matter. You can take out that name. Um, you need to make money and we need to demonstrate that. And we're showing that quarter after quarter consistently. And it is not easy to do that consistently in the types of deposits we have. We're consistently delivering quarter after quarter after quarter. We had seven quarters in a row, seven quarters in a row where we delivered 25,000 ounces. We put out our guidance. We said we'd step up uh, the guidance this year and Q2, exactly what we said. We stepped it up by 20% in one quarter. So seven quarters of 25,000 ounces, Q2 of 2021, 30,000 ounces. It's a 20% increase from every other quarter. That consistency has helped us on, on many, many, many fronts here. Um, so think back the, the royalties. So what, what have you done? You're asking me, the mill, the royalties. And I know people are going, well, you said that before, you said that before, but guess what? It matters today. It matters when we're producing. We're saving almost $100 an ounce, every ounce we produce from all those efforts we did a year ago on renegotiating those royalties. It's about $100 every ounce of gold that we save on costs because of those royalties. So you talk about escalating costs here. We're all dealing with it. We're dealing with commodity uh, prices dropping slightly. We're dealing with the price of steel going up, explosives going up. Thank God we took the, the we had the, the astute or, or we, we, we foresaw that we needed to do this and protect that margin that we so desperately want for our shareholders. We needed to protect that margin with every bit of breathing air we had. And that's why we fought so hard to reduce those royalties. Um, you know, people said, well, yeah, that's behind you. It's not behind me. It's actually right here today in the present. I'm living and breathing it as are my shareholders. Every time I, we put out those costs, we save that $100 an ounce. It's a reflection of those hard work and that effort that we did. Other things we did, we reduced GNA. We said, we're going to reduce GNA. You know, there was over 20 people in Toronto. We ended up, we have three people left in Toronto. That, that's a big, big change in GNA. We're spending $3 million a year in GNA costs. That's completely wiped out or very, very a fraction of what it was. We still have the listing and other costs, but it's a fraction of, of what it used to be. And, and that's my point. Look, the amount of things, if I, I, I don't have them all listed and I'm just thinking on my top of my head, I didn't 
That's not one of the questions I expected from you, but I never know what to expect from you, to be quite honest. <laughs> well, let, let, I'm, let, I'm going to take a drink of water. You take a drink of water. Well, and, and listen but what, to what I'm going about to ask you. Okay, so what I'm hearing from you is we know you're building up cash reserves, okay? And, and, and I do remember two years ago, you were, well, you, you, you had some money, but effectively zero. In fact, probably a minus number. With the money that you've got today that you're building up with the production that you've got, e even at today's prices, which quite frankly are good, uh, gold price is good today. You can do, you can do business at this price. Debt refinancing, share buybacks, dividends, these sorts of, these sorts of, um, things are not on your priority list. I just want to be clear. They're not on the priority list because you think you can earn more money by putting it in the ground. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. So look, I wouldn't say they're not on our priority list. Look. Every every one of those things matters. The NCIB does matter. We've been using it. Dividends, look, right now, um, certainly something on our radar. I would never be the CEO and say no dividends in Corora because I, I don't believe in that. I think that there's a point, there is a point in time in history where a dividend makes a lot of sense. We just put out guidance to double our ounces. We said it's self-funded. We owe it to our shareholders to do what we said we'd do. We've We've have a reputation of doing what we said we do, and this is one where we've got to hold true to what we said we do. We told the world and our shareholders that we're going to deliver this growth plan. It's fully funded. Uh, in order to do that, keeping the cash that we are earning for that growth plan is important. Now, when you look at the economics of repaying the debt versus raising more money to to do the growth plan. It's, we, we don't want to dilute our shareholders. That debt isn't harming us. We're looking at refinancing it. We've been, we, we are not in the same position when we got this debt. Two years ago when we had that debt, uh, we were a different company. Um, you know, that debt, you know, it's not hard to look. It's 10% right now. We will, our, our weighted average cost of capital is much lower today than it was two years ago, sitting on over $80 million in cash and consistently delivering. So we have a lot of groups that are interested in refinancing the debt. We were very fortunate to get that debt, uh, but putting the money, the dollars back into the company will be much more accretive for our shareholders. Putting the dollar into the ground, putting it into that mill, putting it into that second decline. You know, we said, our message is simple. We're not going to complicate our story. Look at what we have done. We took a ramp, the beta hunt ramp. It was doing 37,000 tons a month, every month. We tried very hard in the first four months to get it to 40,000 tons. So here I am. We just started. Graham just started. We had a team in place. We were, you know, the people on the mine were telling us, you'll never get 40,000 tons a month out of this ramp. And we said, Graham and I sat down and we said, look, We've got to be able to overcome this. There's a mental block first, and then we got to get some equipment. We got to do some planning underground and plan this out better. It's there's no doubt there's a lot of opportunity. Today, we enjoy 80,000 tons out of that run. Now, now hear me out. Now, this is all gonna link into the capital. We enjoy 80,000 tons a month out of that ramp. Out of a ramp that people told us two years ago, you won't get 40,000 tons out of it. Today, we enjoy 80,000 tons. What's our message? Our message is today, our, our, our resource and reserve, predominantly a reserve, is coming from Beta Hunt. Last quarter, we did 22,000 ounces from Beta Hunt alone. On an annualized basis, that's just shy of 90,000 ounces, just Beta Hunt. So if you look at 
doing what we've already done. Don't complicate our story. Keep the story simple. Do something you've done and repeat it. So put in a second ramp. So those dollars for that second ramp, that ramp is 50 to $60 million. It makes sense to put the money that we've earned, that we've developed into that ramp and get a second ramp and have two ramps. We have the facilities and the stopes underground. Beirant's one of those consistent, amazing deposits I've ever been part of in my career with, with the gold and the nickel. It's, it's a great, great system. And it's a system that's going to continue for long beyond my career. This, this deposit will be around longer than, than my career of mining. So take what we've done, 80,000 tons a month, repeat it, do it again. And then in order to get the 160,000 tons a month, you need a processing facility. So increase the plant size. So this is not a complicated story. So when you think, well, they're already, we are already doing 22,000 ounces a quarter, 90,000 ounces a year, right? Easy math, four times 22. You double that because we're going to double the rent. It really is today a beta hunt story with so much upside at Higginsville. The Spargo's complex, two boys, Aquarius, all that stuff that we're adding is over the top. So when we think people go, how hard is it going to be? I say, look, think of just, just look at what we've done. You think about what we've done at beta hunt. If you just strip out everything else and you said we were beta hunt and we had Higginsville alone, we had the one underground and the one mill, where would we be today? We would be about 88, 90,000 ounces a year. You double that, it's 180,000 ounces. Then you start layering on the Spargo stuff. You go, oh my God, that, that's a really interesting property that they bought, by the way, for $4 million. Oh, what did they do the first thing? Oh, they removed that royalty as well on that one. Good on them because they knew in a couple of years from now that that, that royalty is going to be maybe $60 an ounce. So we better take care of it today before it's in production. Then you start adding on uh, queries, you start adding two boys, you start adding on some of this, 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 this discovery we've had. Look, and, and I want to go there if you don't mind. Look, we, I wrote some notes to that sleuth trend that we had. We had a Lake Cowan discovery here earlier in the year. We put up some follow-up intercepts here just, just yesterday, or no, sorry, my apologies, uh, sometime in September. But if you go back to the discovery hole, Lake Cowan, Matt, it was uh, 50 meters of 1.4 gram, all right? This is surrounded by areas that have much better grades. So in, included in that same district, just north of us. So that Lake Cowan area is about two and a half, five kilometers south of Baloo. We've been mining Baloo from the first day that we started our plant. We started mining blue instantly. It's been that high-grade open pit, and there's still about another 6,000 ounces in there. It's about 1.8 to 2 gram open pit. If you look at that district that we're in, that sleuth trend, this is where we've announced all these new results here. Jeez, I got to grab it right in front of me here. Okay, Paul, so, which is great. I appreciate that. But talk to me about late, the Lake Cowan um, press release. Why is this so meaningful? Obviously, the grade headline number looks great, but what's it actually mean? Matt, this, this, is a, this is on the heels of last year, we, we spent $15 million of drilling. We had three new, we identified three new, tar not targets, discoveries, sorry, three new discoveries. This year, early in our drilling, we announced this year in 2021, 
a new discovery on Lake Cowan. The initial hole that we had was oh, 1.4 gram, right about uh, 50 meters. But that was following up on some previous drilling. So this district, so just so you understand where this is, this is a sleuth trend. It's about 20 kilometers in strike, by the way. Um, to the north of it is Baloo, our open pit. That open pit that we've been mining since the first day that I started here, it's been averaging 1.8 to 2 gram, very high grade, 18 kilometers from the mill. We just put out drill results in this district again. Now this district, this is one of the new discoveries that we had, 21 gram over three meters. But this is part of a much bigger system. In 2016, S2 put out some results in this area, within one kilometer here. Look, I'm just going to read off some of the grades here. They had 66 meters of 11 gram, 38 meters of 6.4 gram, Matt, 12 meters of 26 gram. The end of the hole was in ore. This is our drilling is following up on this, this drilling. That, those results that they had back in 2016, um, we're following up on that area. So our new discovery there is a follow-up to this drilling. That 21 gram is a follow-up to that. What we did is we hired our, our not our chief geologist, our VP of exploration, Steve Devlin. Um, his team was too stretched. So what he did is he hired, he came to me and Graham said, I need to hire an independent group. We hired CSA uh, here in Perth, Australia. They evaluated all the data. The amount of targets that they've given us here um, in this district is amazing. They've highlighted some opportunities in new areas that we're going to be following up this year. In fact, we're going to have about seven drills turning at HGO by the end of this year. That, that's massive. We've had four to six drills turning for the whole year in Beta Hunt and HGO. We're going to have about seven drills turning at HGO and probably another five, four to five drills turning at Beta Hunt this year. That's some massive drilling. Uh, th this is where you talk about return for our shareholders. There's where you get, that's where our shareholders make some money. When you start seeing results like this, this is not included in any type of resource that we have at all. Um, I'm excited to see what it'll do in the future, but let me, if you don't mind, I'll talk to you about Beta Hunt. So the Larkin zone, right? That's going to be included in our next resource and reserve update, which is likely going to be uh, Q1 of 2022. So a year ago, you and I were, I, I was actually looking at my notes. A year ago, we had announced the discovery of the Larkin zone. This is, this is the step and evolution of it to today. So September of 2020, we announced the discovery of a new, new zone underground where we have 8.2 gram across four meters. We follow it up in February of 2021. We hit 19 gram of nine meters. Later in the year, in May, we have identified this new discovery. This is a brand new discovery. And why did we do it, Matt? We did it because we reduced the royalty. As soon as we started drilling, we reduced the royalty, we started drilling. So later in the same year, May, we identify a strike length of 650 meters, followed up by 7.6 gram of 5.8 meters. September, this month, we announced that Larkin zone is now over one kilometer in strike. So think about it. I 
discover it. My team, we discover it in September of 2020. February, we announce the extension. In May, it's 650 feet. Now it's over a kilometer already, and it's still open. What's amazing about the Larkin Zone? When we discovered it, we discovered nickel above it. We said there's a new zone that we discovered, and we found it through the old drifts. We were washing down the old drifts. We channel sampled the walls. We discovered this new zone. We drilled our holes up. They hit gold. And then on top of our heads, we hit the 30C nickel zone. What an exciting deposit. You want to talk about a deposit that keeps on giving? Look at the excitement. You can't help but get excited about this kind of stuff. We have one drill hole that hits gold and nickel throughout it. And that's what we had in the early on phase of Larkin. This is why when we look at Larkin and what it can become, it's going to be included in our next resource and reserve statement. So I can't wait to see that. Um, we haven't had it in any statement yet, uh, but you, you can see just by what I've just told you, the four press releases from discovery till, till now, we've gone from discovering it to a kilometer in length and it's still open. So yeah, look, it, is yeah. one heck of a great deposit. It, it is. And I want to talk to you about it. Look, it, look I, I think to be fair to you, you don't get enough credit for the discoveries that you've got here. These are not targets. These are not exploration, um, you know, projects. These are these are discoveries that you made. So I think you, you should get a little bit more credit for that one. But at the same time, it brings a bit of a problem. You've got so many moving parts here, so many names, so many variables that people get a bit confused about the order of play for you. Because if you are going to hit this two hundred thousand ounce a year number, you've got to obviously you've got to keep feeding feeding um, the HGO mill. What, what what's in terms of priority order? What, what's the focus? Where's the money going? You know, how do you allocate resources to all of this coming through? Listen, don't let a couple names try to confuse the story because it's a very simple story. Corora is a simple story. Uh, it, today, it's Beta Hunt is the flagship operation. It's an underground mine. It has different zones, different veins or different domains, just like any other mine I've worked at in my entire career, no matter where I've worked at in my lifetime, one mine could have four different veins in different domains or different systems. Beta Hunt is like that. So we have one underground mine. Our story is very, very simple, if anything. And I've seen a lot of uh, spoken hub wheel situations with mills. Ours is not complicated. 80% 70% of our ounces are coming from Beta Hunt right now. We've got the simple, same one ramp. We're going to double the ramp, double the production. That's that's not a complicated story. Over to Higginsville, we needed the mill. We desperately needed the mill. We, we had 1.9 million ounces measured, indicated, and inferred that we acquired when we, uh, when we bought HGO. It was something like $7 an ounce. And, and I, I, I can't remember the exact. It was a very, very, very low amount on a cost per ounce basis. We bought Spargos. All we do now is we're we're making sure we focus, and this is where all our drills have been focused today, predominantly this year at Beta Hunt, because we couldn't get a whole lot of drills in the beginning. So our priority, as you asked, is Beta Hunt. Make sure that flagship is humming and it always has the ounces uh, in front of us, the stopes in front of us. Look, it's the first time in my entire career that I've had three months of drill stopes drilled off in front of me. I've got almost 60 days of broken muck in front of ourselves here. I've never had that in my career here. We've got almost 18 months of waste development in front of ourselves. 
That means if gold does take uh, gold does something funky that we don't want it to do, we've got 18 months of waste development put in front of ourselves that we can mine out to alleviate some timing, some short-term crunching. Um, I've never had that in my life where 18 months of waste development in front of myself, where I've got three months of stopes pre-drilled, they're already drilled off. I've got two months of broken rock in front of myself. That is a very, very nice deposit. This is why we know we can add the second rent and sustain the extra tons because we have these big wide stopes at Baydon. So the other part of the story is Higginsville and Higginsville is, look, it's, it's, you know, we always say this in our industry, you can't have your cake and eat it. Well, why not? Because here's what you have. Baydon is the cake. There's icing with Spargo's. Everything Aquarius, two boys, that's the icing on the cake here. Beta Hunt makes and pays the bills. It keeps this company how many? It keeps this cash flow positive. You have you have the nickel at Beta Hunt. That's a huge, huge differentiator. We're going to continue to explore the nickel, the 50C zone, and grow it. So we're excited to put the results out. But have your cake and eat it. It's it's really a beta hunt story today with a lot of upside. There's upside on the nickel. There's upside on the coarse gold. There's upside at Spargos because it is very much open and directly south of Spargos was the Waddle Dam property that Romilius had that made them a fortune. Look, we are in a jurisdiction 1,900 square kilometers, Matt. We're finally able to drill. We have the cash to drill. We're putting drills to work. The one thing we need right now is a little more people in the geology department. We're, we're short-staffed on geology. Um, for us to get those 11, 12 drills we need. Well, look, look, um, look, look I, Paul, I, I kind of went on a tangent. You, 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 you always do. Uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, I don't want to I don't want to talk. Up. You got my blood pressure running. See, you, you don't know what I'm going to ask, and I don't know what you're going to come back with. That's the way it works here. I, um, I, I don't want to have a go. I don't want, I don't want to kind of dig into the, the weeds with you with regards to, you know, um, Cowan and Spargus and Two Boys and Aquarius and so forth. I just want to know there's a plant that's going to feed that mill, and you're going to, and it's going to allow you to deliver cost effective, you know, production of ounces because you're aiming for 200,000 by 2024. That's, that's, the story I want to hear, and I want to hear you've got the money to do it. I want to hear that you're not going to dilute shareholders. You know, the putting, getting the ability to get fac uh, facilities in place or extend facilities in place is really, really useful because it's anti-dilutory. Those are the things that I want to focus on because if you're to become a mid-tier, you need to deliver on those things. Yeah, look, Matt, I'm, I'm gonna, you're gonna get agreement with me here on this. Look. Uh, it's it's not about I don't feel beaten up at all. Look, in in our in our situation, it's better off not to even hear it from me. It's better off for me to zip my mouth and then look at the facts and just say, "Don't believe Paul Hewitt. Look at the facts. Look at what has happened in the last seven eight quarters. Just don't listen to the Frenchman and say, you know what? I don't believe the Frenchman. Trust the numbers. Trust the numbers themselves because they'll they'll show you the pattern." They'll show you the consistency and look at what we've said and look at what we've done. So that on its own is, is how people get to trust you. They trust you by you saying you're going to do something and then following through with it. Our best scorecard or report card in our lifetime is our actual numbers here. Look, I'd love to see the share price in a different position. Uh, it will. I'm confident. I'm very confident that the share price will be rewarding as we continue to deliver. Uh, look, uh, the warrants, I just cashed in my warrants as well. You'll see I, I ended up increasing my position. 
I think I put about fifty thousand dollars when we when we originally when I first joined. I put in fifty thousand dollars and got the warrants, cashed those yesterday for another I don't know thirty six thousand dollars. Continuing to add to my position here, um, but yeah, don't believe me. Believe the facts. Just look at what we've done. I, I can't ask for anything better than say the best report card. It's like my kids coming home. I, I got a this kind of grade, and I look at the report card and I go, huh, okay, young man or young lady. Uh, this this is the tattletale. Those gold bars at the end of our mill, the doria that we pour every week is the best scorecard we have. And and as we're pouring that under cost, that's the best scorecard I can give anyone in our industry. Okay. I think the market is starting to understand your message, the drum that you've been beating about consistency of answers, right? Because the, the conversation about course gold, which we used to get a lot, we used to get a lot of questions in every day of the week. Course gold. When's the course gold? We need the Father's Day vein. We need similar. Do you think that, I mean, I don't know about you guys. Are you still getting that thrown at you? Are you being told you're not mining this right? Are you being told that we don't care about this consistent level of production? We just want to go back in and find another Father's Day vein. Where's that gone away? Uh, no, no, look, um, there are still absolutely people that um, have, that are very passionate about the Father's Day discovery and course gold, as are we. And we continue to mine in the area. We make it part of a much larger plan. It is part of, we always needed to demonstrate that Beta Hunt, which is our flagship, was economic without the course gold. We needed to prove to ourselves and the world that, look, what if you never ever intercepted course gold again? Well, we now know that very consistently this mine does well. Anything Anything you we get from Coors Gold is is a bonus. It's an add-on. There will be more Coors Gold. It's not even maybe I'll bet my life on um, any one of my children's life. There will be more Coors Gold. It's not perhaps. It's for sure there will be more Coors Gold that we will encounter as we continue to mine. Can we drill down and drill in it and say there's going to be 30,000 ounces? No. Uh, but will we hit 1,500 ounces or 2,000 ounces, 3,000 ounces? Absolutely, we will. But it's part of a much bigger system. Remember now, Father's Day made international news all over the world. It was 30,000 ounces. We're going to mine 115,000 ounces this year. See the scale here? 115,000 ounces. It's three, almost four times, three times the amount of Father's Day. Um, and that's what we need in order to pay the bills. You don't just go find one Father's Day because that could take you seven years to find one. And you know how much money it takes to do to try to find that, to try to drill it out or drift into it. It would, I could go broke. My shareholders would be going, what's he doing? Well, he's trying to find another Father's Day for you guys. You guys told him, go find another Father's Day. So he's doing that. He's spending millions of dollars trying to drill it or trying to tunnel these little tunnels and trying to find it. What a distraction that could be. And it's not hard to do that. People get that gold, coarse gold uh, fever where they're like, you just got to intercept coarse gold and you got to sell it and you can sell it at a premium. Well, you can. There, there's truth to all of that. You absolutely can sell coarse gold at a premium, but only when there's a buyer. You can't sell it when you need to pay your vendors or you need to make payroll every two weeks. It's, it's not like that. It's when there's a buyer, I can sell Coors Gold at a premium. Any other time, I need Dore bars to pay my vendors, to pay my people, to 
to, to make sure the business runs. So never forget that the Father's Day was 30,000 ounces. And it was an amazing discovery. And I would say there's no doubt to me there's more. It's not, it's not even maybe. There's more coarse gold at Beta Hunt. There absolutely is. Uh, the size of Father's Day may be even bigger. Who knows? It's part of a bigger plan. We will continue to mine it. We will inject it. Right. So if it's there, you'll find it, but it's part of a, a bigger plan to deliver consistent. Okay. Got it. I, I need to. Listen, I just want, look, when I, when I first came here, I, I, look, I was a raised miner for 10 years. I drove a lot of air leg, jack legs, and a lot of tunnels, vertical tunnels. It's what I did for a living. When I first came to Bidon, I saw these little raises and slusher drifts. You know, there was these little fingers up 10 meters, 30 meters this way, 40 meters this way. I'm like, what is this rat's nest? Oh my God, not only is it costly, it's very dangerous. The one thing we won't jeopardize no matter what is people's safety. I won't do it. I won't do it. It's that simple. I will not get anybody hurt for the discovery of gold. We take out the entire shear rather than driving these little tunnels all over. And again, very expensive um, or trying to drill it out. We're mining the entire shear and we're going to get it all. We have a very good circuit at our plant. We're getting 93% recoveries um, with our own plant. We're not toll milling it. We'll get the coarse gold as we intercept. So, I mean, talking, talking of high grade, okay, so it's talking, talking of things like, you know, the, the, the coarse gold or even some of these intersections that you're seeing up at Lake Cowan, where you have over 21 grams. Um, how does the mill process that with all the other stuff that's going on? I mean, I don't want to throw back in the, the ore sorter conversation again, because I think we left that for a while. How do you, how do you deal with it? Uh, yeah, look, I, I've, I believe I've said it a couple of times now. Look, we have done a lot of work on the ore sorter. I actually sat in a meeting with the team. Uh, they, they were in Sydney or Melbourne. They were in Australia, but not, not here. They had left site. Uh, I had a big meeting with them. And they said, look, Mr. Hewitt, we're going to be very honest with you. The R sorter will work there. However, it won't be economic. And I said, well, that doesn't work. I said, I don't understand. They said, look, we can make it work and scalp off 20%. Unfortunately, it's going to cost you more money at this stage with the current ore you have. Now, that could change with different ores, different areas. So look, um, we, we listened to what they said. We've put a pause to it for now. Uh, we're not gonna continue ore sorting in these areas of beta hunt for now. Uh, we're just gonna continue mining the entire shear and sending the entire, the entire ore to the mill. Now, your question about how does it work in the plant? It works like almost any other mill, except we have an advantage. Because we have different feeds of ore, we could blend things. So if we, if we know there's a stope that could be eight gram, or we suspect that's in an area, there could be some coarse gold there. We could, we run that through our plant, but we blend it. So we're very careful on where we're mining at any given time and how we stockpile our ore. At any given time on surface, our ore, we have separate piles and we put that through the mill in a, in, in a blended fashion to achieve the best types of recoveries. Okay, so at, at some, some point you'll look at it again, depending on what sorts of grades you're, you're finding further down the line. Can, can I come back to, I have lots of questions sent in as you'd expect, you've got such a big, big following here, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of merge 
this next question. Um, so I'm going to merge those questions in, into this next question, which is quite simply, is are you building up cash reserves? Are you increasing your cash reserves? Because there's a lot of, you know, costs here. You're talking about a second round, 40, 50 million bucks. You're talking about, you know, maybe refinancing out the debt. You're talking about extra drill rigs. So there's lots of new stuff happening here. Are you able to increase your cash reserves or is it all going back in the in in the ground and you know shareholders won't be the beneficiary of it yeah look Matt, that's an easy question to answer just just like i answered before don't believe me look at the results look at the actuals look at the financials um two years ago in june june 30th i remember i remember it well actually i was on a call we just announced our quarterly uh we had 8.2 million dollars in cash and a month after that, this was June 30th, um, we were on vapors. We were on fumes. Look where we are if you fast forward today. Today, we're sitting on $82 million in cash. So th that's a real easy response to your question. Are you building cash? Are you making money? Well, we went from being on a breath, uh, on a vapor, on vapor, um, to where we are today. And when we double that production, what do you think happens then? It's the, this is, again, simple, simple, simple. When you double production from where you are, cash will double. Our costs should stay aligned. If anything, we should become more efficient. Some of our costs will actually come down. And we've actually stated that in our guidance. We've actually stated a lower number by about $100 an ounce in ASIC. We went 885 to 995 So we've actually dropped it down for those future ounces. So doubling that production will double the revenue, will increase our cash position and continue to do what we've been doing, reinvesting it. Look, $80 million in drilling in the next couple of years, you know what kind of discoveries we have. Look what we've already had. Just again, I, I, just, I, I just challenge you. If you don't believe me, just look at the actuals. We had three new discoveries in 2020 not great targets. They're not like, oh my gosh, you should see how good this target is. It's not a target. It's a discovery. Larkin was a new discovery. The footwall zone was a new discovery. The 30C nickel was a brand new discovery. Nobody knew it was there. Not us, nobody. Our geology team, um, it was a good target. We drilled it. We had a new discovery. In 2021, we discovered Lake Cowan. Uh, I, I showed you some of the follow-up here. This is this is one exciting district on the sleuth trend. So when you have the advantage of having double the ounces and a lot more cash coming through the door, there's a lot more you can do for your shareholders, giving us a better return. And that, that's when you ask me, is it impossible? Is dividends not on the radar? NCIB not on the radar? They are on the radar. They're very important. And it's just about what's the right time? When is it the right time in history? You know, Two years ago, we did a very unpopular, if you remember this, I remember speaking to you. It was a very unpopular decision to raise that $18 million. I could remember some of the, the, the blogs and some of the messages. I was the new CEO walking through the door and, and I said, I sat with the team and said, how much money do we need to survive? And they said, you need this to survive. And I said, how much money do we need to just catapult this thing and get us really moving? And it was 18 to 20 million. And I said, well, we're not going to just survive. We're going to make this thing into something different. And in order to do that, let's go and get the $18 million, which I'm very happy to say was really, really supported by those institutions. 
But let's face it, it was a very unpopular decision. Uh, the, the amount of uh, baggage I got personally from doing that financing uh, was unbelievable. But fast forward to today, what did, it, what did it allow us to do? What did that $18 million allow us to do? Well, look where we are today. We're a very healthy company, a profitable company in a very safe jurisdiction with, with all kinds of upside in front of ourselves. Um, it's just about us continuing to deliver at this stage. We just need to do what we said we do, deliver and get that growth plan. And look at those numbers. Okay. I, thank you for that answer. I, I think you're... I think history has proved you right in terms of that decision on the 18th. Um, let, let's just uh, I'll finish off. I'm just conscious of your, of your time. And I know you've just had a jab, so you're probably not feeling too uh, perky. But um, the other thing I want to talk to you about is uh, nickel, because you've been finding nickel uh, everywhere. Uh, they're really good grades. How much time do you need to be able to assess what you've got and then make a decision about how you go about it? Because obviously you've got BHP up the road, very handy, but is it going to be of a scale that you can maybe spin it out or maybe just think of it more than just oh, a byproduct? Hey, no spinning it out. Look, I'm going to stop you there. Spinning it out is not an option for us. This, this is a very, very unique deposit in the world. Um, those people who know me often hear me talk about some of my own past experiences. From 2000 to 2007, I had the privilege of working at the Midas Mine in Nevada. Um, gold in 2001 was trading at about 264 an ounce. Our all-in costs back then, not all-in sustained costs, all-in costs were $98 an ounce. Uh, this is back when it was Normandy, even before Newmont. Anyhow, how did we do that? We did that by producing gold, but then we had silver as a byproduct credit. Beta Hunt is not unlike Midas, it's similar to Midas, it's just a different commodity. It has nickel as a byproduct credit. All we've been doing, Matt, the only thing we've been doing is mining remnant areas. Everybody who's a miner knows that mining remnant areas is a lot more challenging. It's harder. You're mining around old pillars. It's a lot more intense work. This is all Air Lake too. We've got some amazing Jack Lake men and thank you to all of you guys for uh, all your hard work because I just got to visit them all. They're doing a fantastic job. The 50C and 30C are new discoveries. The new, the drilling that we're going to, we're going to announce here is going to be follow-up drilling to the 50C. And, and we had grades of 18% nickel, 11% nickel. We've been mining 2.9% nickel. And let's say we get anywhere from 35 to $42 an ounce saving. That's every ounce of gold we produce from Beta Hunt. And Last quarter, that was 22,000 ounces. Every ounce gets a reduction in cost by $40 an ounce. Now, what a differentiator for any operation in the world. Uh, when gold prices do whatever they're going to do, and you have a differentiator like ours in our operation, that is really meaningful. Okay, so you, it's, you're going to continue viewing it as a byproduct. So there's no subsidiary, no spin out, no anything. This is how do I reduce the cost of my, my ASIC? It's pure and simple. And if you can do those sorts of numbers, it becomes very, very interesting for you guys. So when will we know more about the, the, the numbers around this and you know, what, what, you know, how much you're going to spend on it? You know, what the economics are? How long does that take before you know? Yeah, so look, we're, we've been waiting on the second round of assays here for some time. Uh, we had the initial 18 and 11%. Um, I know that we have stuff at the lab that's awaiting assays. 
Uh, we'll be able to give more direction as soon as we get assays. We're drilling. We formed a nickel team. We, we, we've announced that. We have a team committed to the nickel exploration. Now, look, you think about a, a think about a new mine. You you speak to a lot of CEOs. I know you do. Think about a new nickel mine. Think of anyone in the world that you know of and say, all right, when did they discover it? By the time they discover it till the time they put it in the mill, what's that time take, Matt? Give me a number. Five years. Yeah, five years. Could take eight years. We're going to have stuff in the mill already next year here from our discovery. 30 Cs, some of it's going already. That's the advantage of having the infrastructure in place and having a milling solution and having permits in place. So we're way ahead of the curve here. This stuff here is, this is what's exciting that we get no credit for yet. It'll get on people's radar. Don't, don't kid yourself. It will get on people's radar and they start going, oh my gosh, you know, geez, they're, that, they're really doing good with that nickel byproduct. Um, that's a real advantage they have over so many other companies. Okay. Um, just, just, I always say I'm going to finish, then I don't. Another couple of small ones. ASX listing. Yeah, I noticed that. I know, right? He's the, he's the worst. ASX listing, what's the timing? Okay. So ASX listing is still, look, we believe wholeheartedly we should have an ASX listing. There's no doubt. So we, we, I can't give you a timing today. We certainly are of the opinion that an ASX listing makes sense considering we're in Australia and there's a lot, look, there's a lot of interest here in Australia for people wanting to buy our stock. Right. Okay. So it's on the to-do list. It's on the to-do list. Can we, can we talk it's about- Certainly. And it's it's certainly a very high priority. Right. Okay. So it's important. with the shareholder base that you've got on, on the tier, on the, with your you know North American listing, it, you've got a lot more institutions than you had before. Are they pro you getting an ASX listing? Will that help them in terms of liquidity and movement? Yeah, look, it won't help in the, in the liquidity event on anyone in the TSX. But you know, you know that game that's played in the markets, right? Where if if, 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 they're on, if you're on two exchanges, these institutions are quite cute. They, they they can they can use both exchanges to kind of get some liquidity on both both exchanges by investing in both, the, selling the only, on both. The only experience I can give you is my own. Um, I can give you a real life situation. I, I don't quote me on the year. I believe it was 2015. It might have been 16. Uh, when I was president CEO of the former company I was with, and everyone knows who that was, um, we had a TSX listing. We were trading about 700,000 shares per day. All our mines were in the U.S., every operation we had. People in the U.S., when I marketed, always said, you know, it's a shame that uh, you don't have a listing here in the U.S. because there's so many retail people and so many other instos that would really buy if you were trading in, in the US and we did that. So we followed up and we got a US listing. So we had to go back, re, restate our financials in US GAAP for five years, start complying with Sarbanes-Oxley. We did everything. Um, our, our trading in Toronto remained at about that 700,000 shares per day. Over time, the listing that we put in the US went from zero day one to almost 2 million shares a day. So rather than having 700,000 shares a day, we almost went to 3 million shares a day, every day. Uh, in that case, that specific case, that dual listing was a tremendous success. Um, so there's a lot of people in Australia that have interest in buying our stock. There's a lot. Um, we get called from institutions all the time. You know, there's the superannuation funds in Australia that have tremendous billions and billions of dollars. And we're the right 
fit for them, they're unable to buy it on the TSX. So look, I think we've probably been in this for an hour. I'm sure, I don't know if people are still going to be watching us. But You'd be surprised. Give them a yeah. shout out to anybody who's still watching. Thank you for still watching after 60 minutes. You're a real trooper. Okay. And so, and just, just sort of, this is the last one. You must be sort of keeping an eye on what's going on at Dumont because you've received a bit of cash. You're due a bit of cash, spending on them doing stuff. What are they doing? What do you know about timing? You know, when can you expect any more uh, benefit from that deal? Yeah, so we know that the party we sold it to have launched a process. Uh, they've launched a formal process. Uh, we're aware of it. Obviously, uh, they've made us completely aware. Um, the process needs to run, and we'll see if there's any material bids. We could get up to, it's another $35 million here into our treasury on the sale of that asset. So it's certainly something we're very, very watch, watchful and keeping a, a, an eye on for sure. You're absolutely right. Okay. Well, I, I will leave it there because you, you're, you're waning, obviously. I, I, I'm, I'm young and vibrant. So you, you probably need a rest. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let you, uh, let you go. Lovely to see you. I'm glad the family settled well in, in, in Oz. I see you've got the obligatory Australian uh, CEO uh, shirt, yeah. shirt on there. I listen, Matt, <laughs> I, I do want to, I do want to shout out to all our shareholders. Look, I, I, you know what? Um, I know shareholders might not hear it often enough, but we thank you for all of you for your support um, and being good shareholders. And I want to thank our team. Um, when we've had some challenging days with COVID, I've had miners and mill operators stay an extra two weeks inside the camp and, and do whatever was necessary to keep us running. And I, I, I'm grateful to each and every one of you for your sacrifices um, and keeping us going and making sure that we do it in a very safe manner. So thank you to all of you. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.